Welcome to Call of the Week, where UT crop specialists discuss their most common calls and questions from the past seven days. Our featured specialist this week is Dr. Heather Kelly, who I'm guessing has been receiving a lot of calls and maybe even photo text of what is this disease. Right, and that's what I get usually throughout the season, but definitely reproductive growth stages of the crops is when they are most susceptible to a lot of the foliar diseases that really get the most attention. So our soybean fields are starting to show show a lot of disease. Definitely, definitely. And especially, you know, if a, a foliar fungicide did not go out earlier, you know, you'll see it more. That's what we see in a lot of my research plots or my variety trials where I do half sprayed, half unsprayed, so we can really see each variety and the difference a fungicide can make in them. Um, but even outside of that, uh, you know, we've kind of shut off dry in some of our areas. And with drought, you can sometimes see... Uh, different diseases. Charcoal rot in particular is our dry uh, weather loving pathogen, but it's in the soil. Uh, same with soybean cyst nematode. It's in the soil and we don't always see the foliar or above ground symptoms of these two pathogens, but they are definitely uh, robbing yield and they can rob yield depending on variety and situation. Uh, and so this year in particular, we have secured extra funding from the Soybean Promotion Board in Tennessee where we are uh, doing free soil screening for these pathogens. So we are, uh, this year, we're doing all pathogenic nematodes as well as charcoal rot. Every year, soybean cyst nematode samples are free for Tennessee farmers, but this year, again, is the year to try to do it because we can, we're going to be screening for all pathogenic nematodes and charcoal rot, and it's really important to know your numbers. Take the test, beat the pest, really understand what's going on in your soils. Right. So, because if you can't see the foliar symptoms, how do you know you have this issue? A little by little over time, you might be seeing the yield monitor kind of going down and just not knowing what's going on. Maybe variety selection, you know, oh, just the bad weather. But unless you actually test your soil, you won't know. Well, maybe there's something in the soil that's going on. Hopefully, you're always also checking for nutrition. But outside of that, we have these pathogens out there that there are management steps that need to be taken um, but really, you know, a lot of them only need to be taken when you know you have the pest. Similar, um, we're not screening for sudden death syndrome, but I have gotten some calls about sudden death syndrome this year, but a lot of that has not been sudden death syndrome. I've thought uh, we started testing some of the soils, but looking at it thinking maybe uh, soybean cyst nematode, which sometimes the above ground symptoms will mimic potassium deficiency, or it could just be potassium deficiency. And sometimes even if the potassium is available in the soil, again, it's either maybe due to drought or uh, soybean cyst nematode uh, not allowing the plant to take up what is in the soil. And okay. so a lot of the yellowing patches I'm seeing in fields right now as I drive by in soybeans, yes, it could be potassium deficiency or it could be soybean cyst nematode or it could even be possibly charcoal rot as some of the fields have gotten very dry. Mm -hmm. So how do you obtain these tests for the charcoal rot if for those that are listening, how do so, they get the test? Um, you're going to go on to, you can go to utcrops.com um, or the news blog site, news.utcrops.com. And there, um, I'll this week, the coming week, I'll be posting an article specifically targeting the soil sample. And with that, there's a small a link to a, a flyer that you fill out and send in with your sample. You'll be uh, sending your soil sample in to here at the West Tennessee Research and Education Center um, in care of the uh, SCN lab. 
and that way we'll know uh, that 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 sample is for processing of all pathogenic nematodes this fall as well as charcoal rot and so on that same little sheet of paper it gives you detailed information on how to correctly take your soil sample um, which is you know to correctly sample your field to get a representative sample as well as you need to make sure you're angling your soil probe at a 45 degree angle and targeting the root zone uh, within your rows of this year. So let's say they have it. Can they really do anything this year? I mean, what, what do they do with that information? Right. This is all for planning information. Really, it's, you know, looking at long-term goals and managing your, your field long-term. While nothing can be done this season, it would be for planning for next season and seasons to come. And that way, too, you're, you want to test every year to make sure what you're doing is either decreasing your numbers, keeping them same, or you're not bringing in any pathogens also. Um, and that way you can really know what's improving your yields and what could be hurting your yields. Okay. Well, good information from Dr. Kelly. And I'm sure as we move into the fall, you'll have more with us on soybean diseases and perhaps cotton diseases. We haven't even talked about that. That's right. Yeah. And cotton diseases, again, it's the time of year. Nothing can be done. And cotton is very early, as we heard from uh, uh, last week's podcast with uh, Dr. Tyson Rafer. Um, But we definitely had an interesting year in cotton. Um, We saw some leaf spots, but a lot of them, while they looked, they were target-like, they were in the upper canopy, not in the lower canopy and usually always associated with nutrition deficiencies. And so those are our opportunistic pathogens that really a foliar fungicide will not help with, and it won't improve the yield. Uh, You need to improve the nutrition and or the stress that might have brought on the nutrition deficiency to then alleviate those opportunistic pathogens. And we call them opportunistic because you only really see them when there's some other stressor that's allowing them to attack the plant. And so that's what we call our leaf spot complexes, our stemphilium, cercospora, or alternaria. And this year in particular, it was a lot of stemphilium in the upper canopies that were making these target lesions, but it was not the target spot pathogen, cornespora. Um, We did have some fields with cornespora. I'm picking up some of it now and some defoliation in our research trial plots. Um, and and so I did see it in some commercial fields that did get a fungicide application. Um, but a lot of times, again, it's analyzing it all on a field-by-field basis. What's the row spacing? What's the popul- plant population? Uh, what's the weather been in that field or irrigation? How wet has that canopy been staying? Because really we've shown uh, a fungicide application in cotton. It's a very low percentage that you'll actually benefit in yield. You can reduce the disease, but sometimes you don't really need to because it's not hurting yield. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, the other thing, and depending upon the variety, we've seen just a little bit of bacterial blight. Again, nothing like we saw last year. Um, and a little bit of verticillium wilt showing up this year, depending upon the variety and the field. All right. Thank you for being with us for this week. And thank you for listening to Call of the Week. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Just subscribe to UTI Ag. Heather, I'll give you the last word. Anything you want to say to our producers listening? No, I hope you all have a a good season and uh, harvest goes well for you all. And I know it's, it's getting hot and heavy out there. And keep cool. Call of the Week is brought to you by the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture and utcrops.com.